Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I'm back with uh, Stu's Days today with Stu Kedwell. Stu, welcome back. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Very well. And uh, we're, we're now through the, the, the entire month of, uh, of April and into early May, which is the, uh, the prime uh, earnings reporting season uh, in the U.S. And, and Canada. And you're the co-head of uh, North American Equities at, uh, at RBC Global Asset Management. What do you take away? Is there is there, is there anything that stood out in the earnings reports, the, the overall trends uh, that help us make sense of what's going on in the market now and potentially down the road? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's been something that we've been thinking a lot about, as, as, uh, as you point out, to many U.S. and Canadian companies have now reported their earnings. And, you know, not surprisingly, uh, we didn't glean a lot from uh, what companies reported in the first quarter because, you know, COVID really only impacted a couple of weeks of, of uh, the first quarter. So most of the focus has been on um, the balance sheet and the liquidity that these companies have to you know, get them through this period where the economy is really shut and quite slow. So we've been very focused on that. And I would say that you know, many of the businesses that we own have you know, quite reasonable balance sheets and, and are well positioned to get through this. The second thing that people have been focused on is, uh, you know, there are certain areas of the economy that uh, e-commerce and, um, you know, trends that might have been in place have really accelerated. And uh, that's created a fair amount of optimism in the stock market on some of these stocks. But, you know, still trying to ascertain how persistent will these trends be once the economy gradually reopens. And then the third thing is, you know, really trying to understand with businesses like, the, the earnings power that they had, say, in 2019, is that still generally intact when it comes to, you know, 2021, 2022? And, um, you know, again, I would say that that is still, you know, still generally true. So um, it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been as uh, as an impactful earnings season as uh, as you might expect, because uh, it was pretty well uh, expected, uh, you know, going into it. So not a not not a ton of learnings from the reports, but some of the forward-looking statements uh, and 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 the lack of clarity from those statements. Uh, you, you're 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 trying to understand how this is all going to play out. Uh, yeah. w- one of the one of the things that is coming up in May uh, that is significant, uh, particularly uh, as uh, with your work on the on the Canadian dividend fund. Uh, that that you've uh, you've managed for a number of years is uh, bank earnings in Canada and uh, TD was out with an announcement on loan loss provisions in the U.S. Uh, now uh, they they've got significant holdings as a Canadian bank in the U.S. Was was there anything you took away from that? Uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a good point. Uh, so the, the the U.S. divisions of Canadian banks uh, they have what's called a call report. And that's reported on a calendar quarterly basis. So we get a little sightline into their U.S. businesses before they actually report their their uh, entire bank results. And um, so TD Bank's call report came out last week and the bank put a press release out detailing their provisions for credit in their U.S. banking business, which were quite large, were quite large, but not shockingly large uh, relative to where expectations have been. So you know, we've seen bank estimates, the earnings power for this year come down, you know, 25, 30, 35 percent, depending on the analyst. And, and that's where expectations really are rooted. And in fact, you know, when TD put this announcement out, their stock was actually up a little bit on the day. 
So it, um, you know, it kind of reflects the flavor of where we're at, which is, which is that everyone knows there's going to be a bumpiness in the economy. And, um, you know, a big bank taking a large amount of provisions for credit is not really that surprising given everything we know. And, um, you know, so as we go through this, uh, this first quarter with the Canadian banks, there will be large provisions for credit. And, um, and the reason they're large is not so much that all these loans have gone bad, but the way the accounting works, they have to put up what they call provisions for performing loans. And it's kind of a way of trying to get in front of it. And, um, and that's what we're going to see this quarter. But uh, as, I, as I said, it was a very large number. I think it was about a billion one uh, just for the U.S. business. But it wasn't out of the realm of expectations that uh, bank investors have been discussing. And, and, and this is something that we, we've talked quite a bit about with the various guests on, on this podcast is this whole for, for, for investors, w- what seems like a disconnect between what you're hearing about with respect to the health crisis and the economy and then the market after, of course, a, 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 a massive drop in, in March has rebounded quite, uh, quite strongly since then. And it just seems like as bad news comes out, uh, the market actually reacts the opposite way you'd instinctively think. And that's because the, the market's a, a forward pricing mechanism. And a lot of this news is, is, is looking backwards. So, uh, Stu, thank you, uh, as always, for your, uh, for your insights. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, and, and, and we'll take a look at, uh, at, at sort of where we've progressed since today. So thanks for your time. Thanks, Dave.